0: Hi, I'm Drew. And I'm John. And this episode and every future episode is dedicated to all the horror hounds and smokers out there who want to expand their knowledge of the genre and have a good time.
1: Today we're going to do something special. We're going to count down our five favorite horror comedies. And we have a special guest here with us, Craig Lloydgren. He's a comedian and an actor. He's an Abnormal Attraction, which we discussed in episode two. And uh, he's got a few roles in Terrifier too. He's funny as hell, vulgar and rough, but completely approachable. You can rent his stand-up Married and Miserable on Prime, and we recommend you do so. Uh, Craig's going to spill his guts to us in an exclusive interview. All that and more, today on High on, on Har. Alright man, so uh, today we're going to smoke some Fatality. This uh, It's an indica, it's uh, very skunky smelling, it's a diesel strain. It, it creeps up on you it doesn't hit you right away but when it does it puts you in complete euphoria um it's mostly known for making you high as shit more so than calming you down but we're about to spark this up what do you got going on for us in horror history check that shit out
0: oh uh first here this uh this fatality got uh that's that scorpion and sub-zero on, on the back here indeed it is and uh indica you trying to put my ass to sleep <laughs> Anyway, uh up here in uh horror history this week in horror history. Uh Wes Craven would have turned 82 this week. What's your uh what's your favorite Wes Craven film?
1: Wow, 82, man. What a what a shame. Um favorite Wes Craven film. I know it's cliché, but I'm going to say Nightmare. Um I definitely think the original Hills Have Eyes is right up there. I'll probably watch both of those tonight to, you know, honor him.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street's definitely the cliche answer. Uh, but I would counter that. It is a Freddy movie, but my favorite my favorite nightmare is Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I feel like it was, it was the perfect, perfect Freddy movie.
1: I love New Nightmare as well. Um, my favorite in the series, though, is Dream Warriors, but uh, coincidentally enough, Wes Craven did play a part in that. He did write that script a bit, so uh, I think that he co-wrote the script. It wasn't completely his script, but he was definitely involved in it.
0: So you saying that uh, Freddy's Dead is not, is not your favorite Nightmare on Elm Street?
1: Um, I don't know whose favorite Nightmare on Elm Street that is.
0: Oh, I I can think of somebody. That's Nicole's favorite, and I give her shit all the time. We were just talking about this today. We were talking about Wes Craven, and she was like, Oh, isn't that the one where he has a daughter? And I'm like, Yeah, it's terrible. She's like, That's my favorite.
1: Yeah, Nicole, by the way, for those of you who don't know is John's fiance. And uh by the way, doesn't she she likes the whole like, you know, Wicked Witch of the West thing? She gets that whole thing, like she thinks that's oh, cool. Yeah,
0: yeah, she thinks it's funny, but I think it's because she wants Freddy to be more funny than scary, but that's just my opinion.
1: <sighs> yeah, I, I'm I'm not a fan of uh especially the later films, but uh yeah, New Nightmare definitely brings the series back and ends it on a proper note. I mean, I guess we'll just forget the remake even fucking happened.
0: I, I i try to i definitely try to forget uh besides that though i'd have to say uh last house on the left that i know uh, i know a lot of people might might go with scream for the other ones but the first time i saw last house on the left uh as i've said before that that movie really stuck with me
1: yeah the last house on the left i mean it's just legendary um He's, just, he's done so many legendary films, it's really crazy to go back and look through his filmography. I mean, there's even films of his that aren't really, you know, I, how dare I say aren't that good, but I still love, like, Shocker. Um, that movie's just 80s, like, you know, or, or uh, early 90s, just balls to the wall, just fucking metal and rock and just, you know, I don't know, it's just pure craziness. Uh, Wes Craven has a wide filmography. Some movies are, like, crazy good, like, you know, uh, Deadly Blessing. And then you have, you know, other movies, you know, that like Scream 2 or 3. But I love all of his stuff, man.
0: Yeah, with Scream, um, I did not care for 2 and 3. I haven't seen 4. And I, I've been told 4 is pretty good, but I avoided that because I'm not liking 2 and 3 that much. But another Wes Craven film I think that's severely underrated and it has a great cast is Red Eye.
1: Oh, yeah, I do like Red Eye as well.
0: Yeah, I saw Red Eye on Chance, um... I was trying to see Wedding Crashers, actually, for a second time with a friend that it was sold out. And I was like, ah, well, we're here, let's pick a movie. I saw Red Eye, and I'm like, oh, it's the chick from Wedding Crashers. But, I mean, yeah, uh, it's Rachel McAdams, Cillian Murphy. And, I mean, the majority of it takes place on an airplane, but it's a great movie. Cillian Murphy is great as the villain in it. Uh, But uh, moving on for our other horror history... It is the 19th anniversary of the 2002 movie Signs.
1: Oh yeah, man. uh, As a whole, I'm a big fan of signs. I I love alien movies, you know, well, the good ones anyway. And, uh, I I think a lot of things that signs are done, right. It's masterclass suspense. And there's a few really good parts that really hit you visually and viscerally two parts, especially for me that make me, you know, pretty much jump out of my seat every time I see it, even though I I know what's coming. Um, Everyone always talks about it, uh, but the alien at the birthday party on the news, you know, like when the news is showing that birthday party footage, I don't care who you are, if you say that didn't scare the shit out of you, you're full of shit. And that scene where Mel Gibson is looking under the door with a knife and the hand comes out and reaches at him, that just that just chills me to my core, man. Uh, the movie gets a bit stale and slow at parts, but the payoff is rewarding, and there's a lot of memorable things about this movie. It's a well-done alien movie.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Um, I thought it was well-paced. Um, I like how uh, the aliens, for the most part of the movie, remained in the shadows, and uh, I feel like it made them creepier, in my opinion. Uh, when they're finally revealed, I mean, the CGI is almost 20 years old, so it doesn't hold up as good, but it's not terrible. Uh, Mel Gibson, I know he's controversial, but uh, looking at just his acting, and it's wonderfully done. And uh, the crop circles, uh, I learned, were not CGI, um, and they were actually actually done for the movie.
1: Yeah, I actually heard that uh, M. Night Shyamalan is pretty authentic when it comes to stuff like that. Um, weren't you uh, telling me something about uh, Mark Ruffalo? You had mentioned Mark Ruffalo or something earlier?
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Mark Mark Ruffalo originally uh, was in the role that uh, Joaquin Phoenix had, but he had to drop out of the film due to a brain tumor. It was later found out the brain tumor was uh, benign. Uh, But I think that Joaquin Phoenix, in the end, would have done a better job than Mark Ruffalo would have did. Not saying Mark Ruffalo's a bad actor, uh, but I feel like Joaquin Phoenix is perfect for those weird kind of roles, more so than uh, Mark Ruffalo.
1: Yeah, I had no idea about uh, Mark Ruffalo having the role originally or going to be in the part, but uh, I can't see it otherwise. I mean, nothing against Mark Ruffalo. Um, but yeah, uh, Joaquin kind of took over as like that Daniel Day-Lewis actor as far as I'm concerned. He can kind of just play any weird role, and he just kind of like nails the head on the head a little too perfectly every time. Um, nothing against Mark Ruffalo, but yeah, I got to think any role with Joaquin Phoenix, Joaquin would probably win out.
0: Yeah, I've, I've been a fan of Joaquin since I've seen him in uh, Gladiator playing Commodus. And uh, M. Night Shyamalan also uh, cited The Birds, uh, Night of the Living Dead, and Invasion of the Body Snatchers as influences for the film. I feel like I definitely can see Invasion of the Body Snatchers, um, The Birds to an extent, and I guess I guess Night of the Living Dead I see it a little bit. I guess I would take them them being trapped in the house and boarding up the house. Um, but I, I, can definitely see all three of those in the film.
1: Yeah. Night of the living dead, I'm guessing is more in tone and structure than really in like, you know, uh, pacing or in, in regards to like the action that goes down. I think the I see night of the living dead in regards to, you know, the, the structure of the story, but I don't really see anything else, but, uh, yeah, the other ones I could see. I'll start with our first question. Dawn from Cherry Hill, New Jersey asks, What did you guys think of the Halloween Kills trailer? The new Candyman trailer has more views. Which are you looking forward to more? Uh, Good question, Dawn. I fucking love Candyman. That's absolutely one of my favorites, but I'm a Halloween guy. Especially after what they did with Halloween 2018, I'm in. Halloween Kills, the trailer, looks incredible. Uh, I'm a little worried that they showed a bit much. For those of you listening, there's quite a bit of, of uh, kills and plot points that are given away in the new trailer. It's uh, very spoiler heavy, but I can't wait. Uh, James Jude Courtney is killing it as Michael, pun intended. But uh, Candyman looks, you know, a lot more like a sophisticated, it's a, it's a lot more sophisticated of a film, uh, as you'd expect. You know, it's uh, thicker with story. It's not a, a stalk and slash type of film, at least uh, not as much as Halloween is, anyway. Um, I see people complaining that the Candyman mythology is uh, now grounded in police brutality, uh, and they don't like that twist, but I like that. I don't mind that. Uh, Candyman was a victim of slavery and abuse back in the day, and police brutality is the modern issue. So if you're going to make it modern, why not be authentic? I also like uh, how Anthony McCoy is the son of the little boy that Helen saves in the original film. I really like how they tied that in. I'll see them both, and I hope that they're both good, but I'm seeing Halloween Kills opening night. John, what do you got to say?
0: Uh yeah, I mean I'll definitely see Halloween opening night. Um, I mean damn, just fucking help me next time when you say uh, some people don't like about changing the mythology. <laughs> uh yeah. Um, I would say I don't have a problem with them updating it, but I'm just somebody that once there's an established backstory, I like to stick with that backstory. Um, I would agree it does look more more sophisticated. Um, like I said, the change in the in the origin uh, is, it's really seemed like my only concern from the trailer where, uh, the one, the one concern I had from the Halloween trailer was, uh, where Lori was saying the more that he kills, the more he transcends. I really hope that's maybe just kind of some delirious thought from her. I, I know they're not going to go the route of Thorn, but I, I, I don't want Michael to become, I mean, I guess he is kind of supernatural escaping the fire, but there's still believability to it. It's more grounded than other slasher films. Um, I, I would think that with Candyman, I mean, we just had a Halloween movie recently, so I feel like that's probably why it's, why it's out doing Halloween in the trailers. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, like I said, I'll see Halloween opening night, but I mean, I went and saw Halloween Resurrection opening weekend, so I mean, if there's a Halloween movie, I'm going to go see it.
1: Um, yeah, and uh, what you're saying about uh, Michael transcending, I heard that line as well, and it also did cause a bit of uh, concern for me. Um, my thing was, one of the things that I kind of had a little bit of a problem was with 2018, Michael, was that it seemed like they constantly humanized him. Whereas like in the original film, Dr. Loomis was talking about how he's pure evil, pure evil. So it's my hope that with Laurie saying that about the transcending, that they're going more into like dehumanizing him and making him more evil again. But I really hope that they don't fucking go the thorn route.
0: Yeah, I don't think they'll exactly go with the Thorn Root, but uh, yeah, like I said, that's my only concern. But other than that, I thought the trailer looked amazing. Um, like you said, I feel like it gave away some some kills and plot points, and some of those kills are pretty brutal that they had in the trailer. And uh, moving on to our second question here, it is from Martin from Henderson, Texas. And he just wanted to know about um, some good uh, first date horror movies. So for me, um, I feel like some of the classic slashers are always a good choice, like A Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween. They're nothing too over-the-top gore-wise. Uh, Scream's a good choice as well, kind of the same as with Nightmare and Halloween. And uh, Cabin in the Woods, I think, another good one. And like Scream, I feel like it has that right amount of comedy in the movie. Uh, if you're looking for something maybe a little more on the scary side, you could go with uh, a film like The Conjuring's a good choice. And I mean if you want to find out if they are freak, I mean you could always go with Hellraiser. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> uh, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the 2009 horror comedy The Loved Ones. Uh, it's a love story, but it's absolutely fucking twisted, both in brutality, but also in dark humor. Um, it's about a girl who kidnaps this guy who she wants to take the prom, uh, but he blows her off. So she, you know, uh, kidnaps him and tortures him and tries to make him love her. Uh, it's not too heavy to watch due to the humor. And I think it's a good medium of horror and laughter and love story. Uh, I've got a dark sense of humor so hopefully you do too martin uh also uh try psychos and love uh i fucking hate grapes when you watch the movie you'll get that uh check out psychos of love um non-horror films that uh, i would include uh, i would definitely include uh true romance and the crow Uh, those are two good films that i would recommend to watch um you know for a horror movie to watch on a date or a first date um, but the thing is, you know, everybody likes to laugh, so I would never recommend jumping right into like the deep shit, especially if it's a first heart, or first date. You know, um, you don't want to jump in with something. So definitely make sure you have a little bit of humor in there. Um, uh, yeah. Well, what what about a Serbian film? Would you recommend that, or maybe Solo? I was gonna say Solo. Yeah. <laughs> or no, you know, let's go. Uh, let's go. The I spit on your grave route. That's a good winner.
0: Or maybe uh, Blood, Blood Sucking Freaks.
1: Or maybe we'll just go full blown necromantic. Let's <laughs> do it. <laughs>
0: oh yeah i think we should probably stop there but uh (laughs) all you listeners out there if you have a question for us reach out via instagram facebook at high on horror 420 or email at high on horror 420 at gmail.com make sure to subscribe to our newsletter if you want the most up-to-date information on the podcast and now i think it's time to go into our discussion of today's topic our top five horror comedies For our five favorite horror comedies, Drew and I are going to take turns counting down from five all the way up to our favorite horror comedy at number one. And I'll get us started here. At number five for me is Fright Night. It's my favorite vampire movie. I remember watching this with my dad as a kid. Hell, it might have been on Monster Vision that I saw it, but he sold me on watching it because Amanda Beers from Married with Children was in it. But it's such a fun movie. Vampire moves in next door and no one believes poor Charlie. Chris Sarandon is the vampire Jerry Dandridge is just such a prick throughout the movie. Now we wouldn't want to wake your mother, would we, Charlie? Then I'd have to kill her too, right? Roddy McDowell is so good as the reluctant TV host Peter Vincent. The fright night theme is done by the Jay Giles band, a great eighties movie to just kick back and relax.
1: Uh, I I love Fright Night, man. Great choice. Uh, We're going to have to do a vampire episode because now you got me thinking about like near dark and shit. So uh, we're going to have to do a whole other uh, episode on that. Uh, My number five horror comedy is a tasty little indie gem called Dead and Breakfast from 2004. It's about a group of friends on their way to a wedding. Uh, and they stop for the night at a bed and breakfast and just, in a, just after a few hours of being at this bed and breakfast shit starts to unfold <laughs> uh, it, it turns out that the owner of the bed and breakfast, Mr. Wise uh, played by David Carradine had made a curse on the body of his dead child and one, what unfolds is a zombie movie with so many laughs that I still miss dialogue from laughing every time that I fucking watch it. Uh, there's a, a lot of gore, a fucking ton of it and uh, there's a hilari- uh, hilarious musical piece in there where zombies all dance like Thriller. <laughs> um, Zach Selwyn is in it, doing a little musical uh, little musical breaks in between scenes. It's really cool. Uh, this movie doesn't get enough love at all. It's got a great cast. Jeremy Sisto from Clueless and May is in it. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is in it as the sheriff, and he's funny as shit. It's really a shame that we don't get to see him do more comedy. Uh, Diedrich Bader from the uh, Drew Carey show. And Napoleon Dynamite is in it, Gina Phillips from Jeepers Creepers is in it, and more. I highly recommend it uh, if you want to laugh.
0: At number four, Death is Just the Beginning, I have Reanimator. Herbert West, played by Jeffrey Combs, arrives in New England after the horrific incident at the Institute of Medicine in Switzerland. He continues his work to, you guessed it, reanimate bodies, except they don't come back quite the same. It's based on a Lovecraft, well, it is a Lovecraft story, so that's always a plus in my book. Jeffrey Combs has so many great lines. Who's going to believe a talking head? Get a job in a sideshow. And after Dan Kane uh, talks to him after he found his cat dead in the refrigerator, he said you could call, you could write a note, to which Herbert West responds, I was busy pushing bodies around, as you well know, and what would a note say, Dan? Cat dead? Details later? It's also an early movie in the career of the wonderful Barbara Crampton. Uh, The runtime is only 87 minutes, which honestly I think is a perfect runtime for the movie.
1: Uh, My number four is Braindead, a.k.a. Dead Alive from 1992 by Lord of the Rings' Peter Jackson. Uh, This movie literally evokes every emotion from you. I've seen that happen firsthand. I watched the film for the first time with a few friends who had not seen it prior uh, and i told them nothing about it other than the fact that it's funny and i love it and i watched as they were gagging and retching i swear to god they were gagging and retching and covering their mouths and then i watched as they were sitting forward laughing from their bellies uh there's this rat monkey this sumerian rat monkey that starts uh, this whole zombie disease and uh that thing creeped me out it creeped them out um they were scared of it um Uh, basically what happens is, uh, it's about this story, uh, this weirdo Lionel, uh, has a crush on this girl, uh, Paquita, and, uh, Lionel's mother does not like him paying attention to any other woman but her, her, you know, uh, so, uh, his mother goes to this zoo, and she gets bitten by this rat monkey that essentially causes her to start falling apart. It's like, uh, body melt meets Evil Dead 2. The mother infects people, Lionel has to clean up everyone's mess, and then finally there's an epic showdown with a room of zombies, and Lionel with a lawnmower. Absolutely insane. Uh, The movie just has so much rewatchability that it's unfair to other movies like it. It's just so fucking gory.
0: Well, for number three, I'm finally getting out of the 80s. And number three for me is Zombieland. I just love Zombieland. It's perfect to throw on at any time, It even makes a great background movie if you just need to throw on something in the background. The movie's four actors have all been nominated for an Academy Award. Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, Abigail Breslin, and the lone winner, Emma Stone. Eisenberg, who plays Columbus, which is where he's headed, leaves his college in Texas to try to find his parents in Ohio in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. He meets other Wanderers along the way, including Woody Harrelson, who plays Tallahassee and steals the show. My mom always told me someday I'd be good at something, who'd have guessed that something be zombie killing. The scene when he drives by and smacks the zombie with the door of the SUV gets me every damn time, and I just can't stop laughing. There's a great cameo uh, from another celebrity uh, that if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it for you. It's action-packed, it has so many awesome zombie kills, and the movie gave us rules like the double tap, cardio, and Ziploc bags.
1: Uh, well, my number three, uh, is, uh, well, fuck a doodle do Sean of the dead, Edgar Wright's Shawn of the dead. Uh, it has to be on the list. No matter what, there's no way around it. No way. It couldn't make it on the list. Um, what's not to love about Shaun of the dead? Uh, that's one that, you know, after just one watch, you'll have several lines memorized. I mean, you got red on you. Uh, he's got an arm off Batman soundtrack, throw it. I mean, it's like, you could just, <laughs> you could just keep going. Um, there's uh, absolutely nothing to dislike, in my opinion. Uh, Sean loses the love interest of his life, Liz, right before a zombie breakout occurs. After the breakout, Sean and his half-witted stoner friend, Ed, go on a mission to save Liz and hide out at their favorite bar and hope this shit just blows over. It's pure brilliance on screen. Um, yeah, absolutely nothing to dislike about it. Like I said, uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are like peanut butter and chocolate. Uh, there's homages to Romero. Uh, it's all there. I love that movie.
0: At number two, I have Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. The next great slasher, Leslie Vernon, is getting a documentary done about him. The film crew follows him around and learns his methods. This movie is amazing. There's so many great nods to other films such as Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Black Christmas, The Shining, and more. I enjoyed watching Robert Englund play basically the role of Dr. Loomis from Halloween. I mean, he was dressed basically identical to him. Kane Hodder has a great cameo in it as well. Nathan Basil does such a great job of balancing between medicine slasher and comedy. Scott Wilson, who most of you might know as Herschel from The Walking Dead, plays the role of Leslie's mentor, Eugene. And he nails it. So many funny lines in this movie. Jamie, who's Eugene's wife, says, I'll tell you, never hang out with a virgin. You got a virgin in your crew, either get someone in her pants or get the hell away. Eugene said, run like a motherfucker and don't stop till the sun comes up. And then Leslie, when he's training, tells the documentary crew, you wouldn't believe the amount of cardio I have to do. This mockumentary is so well done. The twist ending's great. Check it out
1: i i'm glad that you gave uh leslie vernon some recognition that movie does not get recognized enough man um my number two is definitely the burbs from 1989 uh joe dante director joe dante of gremlins and the howling fame really shows a sense of humor in this film uh some people try to say that this isn't a horror film uh that it's not that it's uh you know the people that say that are full of shit uh, it is a dark comedy, but it's also very much a horror film. There's no way around it. Uh, if you say it's not a horror film, you're the same p- type of person that calls The Exorcist a drama, so uh, get out of here. Um, <laughs> the Burbs is about a group of guys who have nothing better to do but gossip like women. Uh, that's the joke, you know? Uh, these guys have nothing to do all day, and the roles are reversed. They're the ones snooping and gossiping and starting drama. Their new neighbors, the Klopeks, are shady as shit, and their house emits loud noises at night. Ray, played by Tom Hanks, leads his friends into an investigation of their neighbors, and it gets the whole neighborhood watching. I can never not laugh at this movie. It's, it's funny, and it's very fucking bone structure. It's a fantastic film on its own. It's a great comedy. I love it The fucking pieces. Uh, the cast, like I said, Tom Hanks, Rick Dukamen uh Corey Feldman, Carrie Fisher's in it, Bruce Dern, Courtney Gaines. Uh ten out of ten for this one, man. I mean, how can you not like a movie with with quotes like Smells like they're cooking a goddamn cat over there? And uh <laughs> and um I've never seen that. I've never seen anybody drive their garbage down the street and bang the hell out of it with a stick. I, I, I've never seen that. <laughs> and let's not forget uh I wanna kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. I mean there's absolutely fucking nothing to like nothing to not like about it.
0: And for my number one movie, uh, Drew already covered a majority of it at number three. My number one is Shaun of the Dead. I love anything Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are in together. Um, it, it's a fun zombie movie. Uh, like I said, Drew kind of really covered most of it here. So, I mean, uh, I guess all I could say is we'll take Pete's car, go round Mums, go in, deal with Philip. Sorry, Philip. Grab mom, go to Liz's, pick her up, bring her back here, have a cup of tea, and wait for this whole thing to blow over. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, uh, my number one is Evil Dead 2. Uh, hands down, the most batshit, over the top, and perfectly acted horror comedy ever made. Uh, when this movie gets scary, it's actually scary, but then it's laugh out loud, Three Stooges humor as well the gore is ridiculous and incredible uh the movie birth ashes groovy uh line with perfect delivery as always by bruce campbell this movie makes me laugh more and harder than any other horror comedy when I watch it. That's a 100% true statement. Uh, it's also the only one to truly be a roller coaster ride. Of all the films that I've mentioned in my top five, The Evil Dead 2 is by far the only real roller coaster ride of those films. I'm sure everyone listening has seen it, but if you haven't, uh, no summary that I can give you will prepare you. Trust me. You need to see that movie yesterday if you haven't already. I much prefer it to the first film, but I do love the shit out of the first film too, but uh Evil Dead 2 really came into its own.
0: Yeah, I love I love Evil Dead 2. And I mean, yeah, I mean it gave us groovy and uh, it also gave us Swallow this. Now it's time for Burn and Learn where Drew and I give you facts on the main topic of today's show. So we're going to give you some facts on our top 5 favorite horror comedy. Oh. Hmm. Learn and learn. Number five, Fright Night. It was Chris Sarandon's idea to have Jerry eat an apples throughout the film. While researching vampire lore, Chris Sarandon looked at information about bats and concluded that Jerry had a lot of fruit bat in his DNA. Because of the horrible experience he had making the Sentinel, Chris Sarandon was apprehensive about taking a role in another horror movie. Meanwhile, writer Tom Holland decided to direct Fright Night himself because he was so disgusted by the film that had been made from his last screenplay, Scream for Help. Both movies were directed by Michael Winter.
1: Uh, My number five, Dead and Breakfast. Dead and Breakfast received an NC-17 rating and had to be cut to get an R rating. I told you this movie's fucking gory as shit. Also, Johnny, played by Oz Perkins, is Anthony Perkins' son of Psycho. Uh, Oz became a film director and directed The Black Coat's Daughter, and Gretel and Hansel from 2020.
0: Number 4 Reanimator. The woman Dan has seen attempting to resuscitate at the beginning of the film was a dildo enthusiast who was known to hide dildos with the fake corpses in the Borg set. The brains in the severed head were made up of steer meat byproducts, ground beef, and fake blood, and when they shot the scene in the autopsy room with the severed head being thrown out the door and smashed onto the hallway wall, the crew were all behind the cameras with garbage bags over their clothes because no one knew just how much their brains would splatter.
1: Uh, okay, my number four, brain dead, a.k.a. dead alive. 30 liters, of fake bl- 30 liters of fake blood was used during the final scene. Also, add to that, during the lawnmower scene, the blood was being pumped out at five gallons per second.
0: Number three, Zombie Land. Patrick Swayze was offered a cameo role as a zombie before his cancer diagnosis. His scene would have parried other Swayze movies like Ghost and Dirty Dancing. Zombie cameo roles were also offered to Joe Pesci, Mark Hamill, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Kevin Bacon, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and Matthew McConaughey. Woody Harrelson was arrested for marijuana possession during filming, which delayed shooting for a day. Those bastards.
1: Uh, Sean of the Dead, my number three. If you look in the phone book, you'll see that there's a homage to Lucio Fulci, the Italian horror director who gave us zombie flesh eaters. In the phone book, you'll see that it says Fulci's Restaurant, the place that does all the fish which is funny because Liz tells Sean that she wants to go to the place that does all the fish. If you're not paying attention, you'll never get that that's the actual name of the restaurant. Also, all of the news reporters that you see in the film are really news reporters playing themselves.
0: Number two, behind the mask, the rise of Leslie Vernon. There are two connections to Black Christmas from 1974. Although never stated directly, it was intended that Eugene is an older Billy from Black Christmas. When Leslie's real last name is revealed to be Mancuso, this could be a nod to Nick Mancuso, the uncredited actor who portrayed Billy in the original 1974 Black Christmas. At the beginning, Taylor is standing in front of the Red Rabbit pub. This is a reference to the Red Rabbit matchbook found by Dr. Loomis in the 1978 Halloween.
1: My number two, the burbs. The scene where Tom Hanks throws himself onto the stretcher at the end of the movie was improvised on the scene by Tom Hanks. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, And here's a little cool fact. The dog Queenie, owned by Walter in the film, also plays Precious in The Silence of the Lambs.
0: And my number one, Shaun of the Dead. Night of the Living Dead director George A. Romero was given a private viewing of this movie near his house in Florida. During the scene in which Ed, played by Nick Frost, yells into the phone, We're coming to get you, Barbara. Romero was oblivious to the fact it was a direct lift from his movie, Night of the Living Dead, and only found out later after a phone conversation with Edgar Wright. And in March of 2011, the movie was voted by BBC Radio 1 and BBC Radio 1 Extra listeners as their second favorite movie of all time behind The Shawshank Redemption.
1: Alright, my number one, Evil Dead 2. If you watch the scene where Henrietta is flying in the living room, you can see that sweat is pouring out of her ear. Actor Ted Raimi, who played the part, sweats such an unhealthy amount in that costume, but goddamn it paid off. What a fantastic job. Lastly, in order to avoid an X rating, they decided to make the blood different colors. The film still ended up getting an X rating, uh, and uh, they ended up releasing it unrated under Rosebud Productions. However, Rosebud wasn't a real establishment. Producer and uh, f- uh, funder, Dino De Laurentiis, who was uh, the producer and funder, couldn't release an unrated movie through his own company, so he made up Rosebud to release Evil Dead 2.
0: Now it's time to get into our interview with comedian and actor Craig Lloyd.
1: Hailing from New York, Craig Loygren is branded the Tasmanian devil of comedy. Due to his complete likability and aggressive style of comedy, he electrifies audiences wherever he goes. His philosophy on marriage is unparalleled. And he toured with the heavyweights of comedy, the nomads of comedy, and Pete Davidson from Saturday Night Live. You can catch him on the East Coast, where he performs at clubs like the New York Comedy Club, uh, the Broadwich and Greenwich Village Comedy Clubs, and the Dangerfields. Welcome, Craig. Thank you for being on High on Horror.
2: Thank you, man. It was weird listening to my bio, you know, my bio being read to me. <laughs> it's, it's so odd. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I think I
1: need to update that. I, I was reading it off your website, tried to reword it, and I was like, it's kind of worded pretty well. so.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, no, all good, all good.
1: So uh, tell us what's new with you, dude. Any new projects? Uh, new, any new comedy shows? How does it feel that COVID restrictions are being lifted?
2: You know what? COVID only slowed us down i mean it it's, it did slow us down and stopped us for a couple of months but as soon as it could happen back last june already it's been a year it's been a year and uh, a couple of weeks my first time back on stage was actually the back of a pickup truck we were doing comedy out of pickup trucks and everybody sat in their cars and we had am receivers and sometimes we just had speakers and people would sit in their cars or on their cars and or in parking lots and other then we got a little more sophisticated And started using uh, AM and FM transmitters. So people just chilling their cars. They didn't even get out of their cars. They would go to whatever radio station we were transmitting on. And we were on the back of a truck, man. I did it on the back of pickup trucks, back of dump trucks, uh, picnic tables. We just, like, we did it. We were doing it, man. As soon as we could, we were out there. My buddies from AC Jokes, which is uh, Atlantic City, uh, the Tropicana, which I'm going to be at this Thursday. But by the time this airs, I'll be there again. I go down there like once a month uh so tropicana atlantic city ac jokes those guys are really cool but uh but they're the guys that kind of started it they they were doing it in the back of a pickup truck and uh my first show back was with jim florentine like you know that that metal show the guy you know don jameson and jim florentine it was down in atlantic city with those guys it was it was awesome it was awesome like 50 cars and so we were doing it we were doing it through the covid and then i uh work at a haunted house i have uh uh Uh, like i'm assistant caretaker at a a haunted house and we did through there all last summer we did music comedy and movies so every uh weekend we did uh, a live band everybody pull in you'd come in on f that was fm that even sounded crisp really crisp we we would come in and uh 1073 you put it on everybody hangs out in their car they got a live band doing music for like 40 minutes then about 45 50 minutes of comedy and then we showed horror movies we did uh like we did Terrifier. We had the whole cast and crew at Terrifier. We had all the Fuzz and the Lens guys there. We had Damien Leone there. We had uh, David there, you know, David Howard Thornton, you know, uh, uh, all, you know, Mike Levy and, and Jason Levy and Steve Delisella, everybody. Everybody, George, like all the, the the whole, everybody was a part of Terrifier was there. It was pretty cool.
0: Uh, How do you think the challenges of doing the drive-in and comedy were? Yeah, that's versus, what it was. Uh, Doing it in front of the live a- audience.
2: Absolutely. That's what it was. It was drive-in comedy. That's exactly what it was. And then uh it became a drive-in movie too when we like I said, the AC Jokes guys started it. Then I did it with my guys up here at the uh at the Chrysler Mansion. It's a really cool haunted house, a historical house uh on Staten Island that I just left. I was just there. We just did a concert. I was just hanging out with uh Brian Quinn from Impractical Jokers for a few hours, which was really pretty cool. Yeah, he came up to see his uh, yeah, a family member in, a, in one of the bands. And uh, we were like, dude, we've been trying to get you here for, forever. And then he, he's coming back. It's cool. We exchanged information. He's going to come back and give him a private tour of the place. Pretty cool. It was pretty cool. So I had that, and I'm a big heavy metal guy. W- look, at you guys are heavy metal guys, right, obviously? You look like you should be, like you better be. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think fucking... You look a little like Pavarotti. It doesn't mean you fucking should be listening to him. mate. Well, I mean, I have a, a thousand favorite bands. And as I get older, my my musical... I'm, I'm very eclectic. When, when I like everything from the, the Beatles, the Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, And I still love Maiden, Metallica, Anthrax, Slayer. I have the Knotman. That's what I was going. With. I got the Knotman. You see this? That is Anthrax. That's the Knotman from the band Anthrax. I got that tattoo in April of 1988. This tattoo is 33 years old. It's old enough to fucking drink, vote, you know, uh, retire almost at this point. I, but like, like, had I known, I, I do a joke, I go, had I known I was going to look like that 33 years later, I would have got a fucking tattoo of Brad Pitt on my arm. But no, I didn't do that. Brad Pitt and a big dick. Just right there. I'd be Brad Pitt. <laughs> that's it. Nope. You got this angry little bald guy. That's what I got. But the other band member, we were talking about Anthra- Anthrax. There was another band up there. And we were talking about Anthrax. And I said, dude, I was a diehard Anthrax fan. I showed him the tattoo. He goes, oh, I'm, I'm really good friends with Charlie, the drummer from Anthrax. He goes, "What? Well, let's take a picture. He took a picture and texted him, and Charlie immediately texts back, saying, like, no way, that's awesome. So, like, it was just a good day. Like, I, I just left. I was hanging out with Brian Q, listening to good music. I emceed the day, so, you know, running around having a good time with it, and, uh, like, ended out with one of my childhood favorite bands, teenage favorite bands. The guy just seen a picture of my my tattoo 33 years later so that was pretty cool
1: okay uh yeah so anyway about the uh the drive-in comedy thing um i had saw a post that you made on instagram where i was actually like holy shit because the first thing that i saw was you just sweating your balls off like usual but you were standing on the back of a truck and i was like that's original as hell like you guys like are bringing the comedy to the people and i was like that's that's badass and like i know you work hard you know for a living. So, you know, to see you out there on your free time, still sweating your balls off and to have that much energy, I was like, yo, that's pretty freaking cool, man. So actually I'm glad you uh, brought that up about the driving comedy thing. Cause I was going to bring, I forgot to bring that up. And that's, that's a really cool thing, man. Yeah. No, it
2: was cool. And it, and it just, it, it all catapulted. Like we mixed comedy with movies, uh, especially, like I said, the AC guys, uh, AC jokes, they're the ones that started it. And then we just kind of ran with it. Uh, but when we did it at the mansion, like we did, we took it to that level of movies as well. Like we just put it all together. Music, comedy, and movies. And we showed nothing but horror movies, which was awesome. The Shining. We did The Shining. We did Abnormal Attraction. We did Terrifier. The original Exorcist. Night of the Living Dead. It was it was awesome. It was awesome. What's your favorite horror movie? There were other ones I just can't remember right now. Oh, Friday the 13th. <laughs> you know, I'm asked that question a lot. I, I so don't have one. I have so many. Uh, the Thing is an incredible movie. Like, say, like if you want to do, like, well, again, I'm, I'm old school. American Werewolf in London. One of the most incredible werewolf movies of all times. Dawn of the Dead. One of my favorite zombie movies of all times. Um, the Thing. Like, one of my favorite, like, monster horror movies. that You know, Kurt Russell. Like, that, fuck, that movie's just incredible. It's one of my favorite movies. But I also love uh, the, the newer movies. I mean, Terrify is an incredible... Like rebirth of an old crazy movie. The first Saw movie was incredible, uh, but I'm a, I'm like old school. I like I like a lot of the older stuff, you know. I just like uh, like you. I look at behind you. House the movie. House is great, man. That movie was so the first one. That movie was awesome. I seen that in the movies. I'm 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 like older, <laughs> you know. I I've seen that as a teenager, but you know, and I love the old Evil Dead movies, Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, some of the, my favorite Texas Chainsaw Massacre is part two. That's the best one, man. You know, Bub's got a girlfriend. <laughs> you know, He's been playing with her. she has got red face. You know, that, that's the best one, man. It was campy. It was kind of silly and corny. But, <laughs> you know, Dennis Hopper, that, that movie was just, just awesome. And then they remade it 72 times. There's so many Texas Chainsaw Massacres out there now. And, and a few of the newer ones were good. You know they weren't bad, but like my my uh, my girl, uh, the girl I'm dating, she's a maniac for all like horror movies. Uh,
1: yeah, actually, I'm a big fan of the um the Jessica Biel uh remake. That that remake was badass.
2: That was the one with uh that the Matthew
0: McConaughey one. No, that was part four with uh, Renee Zellweger. All right. Yeah, see, so it's like which one was it? Was it this
2: one? Was it that one? Was it the one with the guy from Supernatural? Which one was it? You know? But he just did the he did the remake of Friday the thirteenth. Uh what's his name? Jared Galecki.
1: Um, okay, so um so tell us. Um you were just mentioning, you know, with the drive-in comedy about uh this haunted mansion that you work for. Um why don't you tell us about that? Um tell us about your ghost expeditions. You know, do you believe in ghosts?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely, man. I, I work at this house called I mean, I'm a plumber by trade, but I've been doing it for 37 years. I'm a comic for 21 years, messing around with acting on and off for 21 years, probably 25 years, really. But uh, I work also, too. I help my my friend of mine is the caretaker of this house, the Chrysler Mansion. So I've been helping him for about four years, four and a half years now as like an assistant. So it started out just doing things. We are doing concerts up there, music, and uh, it just grew. We do We do a haunted mansion there. We have. You know, thousands of people coming through for, for the season, for the, the haunted house that we do. We have a hayride. And even though it's Staten Island, it's New York, it's an old property. We have five and a half acres. So we have a windy, cool hayride and, and everything else. And then I started messing around with, because the spirits were so heavy there, and people were having problems. And I always loved ghost shows and everything else. And I was used to mess around with my friends. would go to these haunted places and try to record stuff. But the hanging out at the mansion brought it to the next level, started buying equipment, started getting a team together, putting stuff together. We would actually go out to other, that location and all the time and, and talk to the spirits, communicated with the guy who built it. His name is Balthazar Kreischer. Uh, he died in 1887. Uh, I have his voice. I have him talking. We asked him if it was him in a picture that we had. He's like, it, it was me. You know, like, I have all the stuff. I have audio. I have video. We have pictures. We have orbs. We have crazy, crazy stuff, and not just from there, that kind of catapulted me and my, my boy Rich Carucci, another really funny comic, we started, we, we pitched and we were trying to sell a show called Roaster Ghost that uh, we're still working on, it, but that's, our, that's our, uh, our team name, We're, uh, we're Roast RTG Paranormal. Roaster Ghost Paranormal. and we go to locations uh, with a different like comic each week, or you know, like the show would be, uh, or even a celebrity actors and stuff. And we would, uh, we go and we we do an actual uh, uh, haunt uh, uh, investigation. And then at the witching hour, we roast the ghost. We roast whatever information we have on the place, on the spirits that are supposed to be there, on the place itself. And we roast it and we record everything and see what we get. I had spirits tell me to shut up. I had them tell me I'm funny, call me an an ass. You know, like it, it, it's funny. We we get pretty cool responses. That sounds
0: amazing. Dude,
2: it's it's so cool. It's so cool. Uh, and everywhere we did it, we have a, an actual, we have an empath. Like we put, a, I have a whole team put together. And
1: uh, how would you, oh, I'm sorry, Craig, how would you like, um, how would you like feeling like, you know, in the future if, uh, you know, maybe like this October or something? What if High on Horror joined you for some sort of ghost hunt? Would you have us? Would you smoke with us? Oh my God, absolutely. If you
2: guys want to come out and do a, a you call Blanche, man, you want to go, you can come out and, and go on a ghost hunt with us. Absolutely and uh it's fun man and you know come out you can record it you can do a special episode if you want and come see what we do you have a blast you'll laugh your ass off but you'll leave a believer like everywhere we go i get i get just amazing incredible uh responses i have another instagram page and i've been so busy it's so hard to wear so many different hats you know uh i have an instagram page that i just started a couple months ago I, i have to keep putting to it but it's rtg paranormal so if you want to go check it out rtg roaster goes paranormal uh i have a whole bunch of cool little video clips of me of us communicating my favorite device i use is the sp7 spirit box it's the one that rapidly shoots through radio uh frequencies so you get that fit 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 fit, 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 fit sound and and it, it creates white noise and let me tell you the shit that i get talking to the spirit i get intelligent responses you know some people don't believe it and if you want to be a skeptic fine. It's one of those life lessons. You have to live it. You have to experience it. Once you experience like, like talking to a spirit or getting an intelligent response, you asking a question and it fucking answering you, it'll make you a believer. Or when you see shadows move or you feel the weight on your chest, you have to experience that shit. If you don't experience it, I can, I was a skeptic until I was a believer. So like most people, and I was a skeptic for many years. I lived in a house years ago that my kids were little, little guys Thrown out of bed. My kids swore that My daughter swore she was playing with the man with the red eyes in the closet. And I was in my early 20s, uh, mid-20s. I, I have to live in the house. I was like, you know, go to bed. You're making this up, you know. I look back on the house. It was a scary friggin' house. It was really pretty scary. And uh, I, I worked at a hospital as a maintenance. I told you was a plumber. I was a maintenance guy in a hospital. And uh, that was my first experience where a spirit walked right in front of me, stopped, looked right at me, and took off the direction it came. And, like, I seen the whole thing. It didn't have, like, legs didn't go all the way down. The hands didn't go all the way down. It was a gray mass. But you could clearly see his hands moving. He stopped. He, he was walking this way, and he turned and looked right at me and fucking went turned around and shot back the way he came. And I start moving my hands and shit, my feet, looking for my shadow. And my shadow was, like, right here to the left of me. This guy was, like, 10 feet this way. My shadow was right here. I was like, oh, man. I was hoping my shadow was going to go in that direction. So it might have just been me. And then I was like, I seen you. I seen you. And uh, that was my first where I really, because I seen it. It walked right in front of me and ran. That was the first thing that really made me uh, a believer. And then I look back in my youth. I had a few experiences, but I kind of blocked them out. But, uh, but yeah, if you guys want to come and join us, it's badass. And we have a blast. We laugh, and we all smoke. Then I can smoke with you. I just can't smoke in here. Like I said, I got my nerds right here. I can do a little edibles. I got my pipe just out of reach. I got some Bruce Banner. We've been smoking some Bruce Banner. I got Bruce Banner and, and Wedding Cake is uh, my flavors of the week. And uh, uh, let me tell you, when you smoke Bruce Banner, you want to smash. No, yeah, it's, uh, you don't turn into the Hulk. I sit on the couch and turn into a bulk. I'm just sitting there all, <laughs> more like a lump on a fucking log. I, I,
0: I so didn't want to do anything for the last three days. I'm like, man, it might be the week. And uh, so you were in Abnormal Attraction. You played the role of uh, Purple Pete. Uh, how did you end up getting that role? You know, it's
2: funny. That's fuzzing the lens, man. Those guys are great. Uh, the Levy brothers and Steve uh, De La Sala, Mike and Jason. Um, They're awesome. I met those guys uh, eight years ago. They were, they, were putting, they were trying to raise money for this movie that they wanted to make called the Abnormal Attraction. And they hired me and two other comedians uh, to do a uh well more than two There was a few uh, there was probably four or five to to do a fundraiser a comedy night fundraiser to raise money to make this movie so we did it and then we just all clicked and they were just really cool guys and they really liked me and then they were like hey you know what we think you know we got a part for you in the movie we want you to be in the movie i was like cool so then we did another fundraiser so we did a few and then we did improv it was actually the first time i did improv i was not an improv guy and but they were they were all fuzz and lens and uh so we did that. It was just a great another great night and we really just hit it off. And then we made, you know, fast forward they we went on and made uh abnormal attractions. I got to shoot with uh, Tyler Mann for like five days and uh he was really cool. He was the only one I really got to oh no, and uh Mike Buscemi, which is Steve Buscemi's brother. But he's in like bench warmers and he's in a whole bunch of a lot of times when you think it's Steve Buscemi in in, in uh what do you call it, movies? If you have and, uh, Adam Sandler movies, if you see, and you're like, wow, that almost looks like Steve Buscemi, it's his brother Mike. He's in like 10 Sandler movies. Really cool dude. Um, but he's an abnormal attraction, too. Oh, you guys seen it, right? Did you see it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. But yeah, so it was just, it was really cool. Um, it, was, it was a lot of fun, and then they put all that together.
1: Well, how long did it take for you to get painted purple? How long was that makeup process?
2: Oh, the first day was probably about four hours, because they painted me from the waist up. I was wearing, like, uh, purple pants on the way down, waist down, but from the waist up all the way over my head, and then I had to glue the horn and everything and all that stuff, and the wings, and um, the wings were really crude. They looked amazing, but they were a real heavy weight with a piece of, like, two-by-four on the back to try to keep it balanced to my back. So I couldn't move certain ways because the, they would flop. They would do, like, this. So I had to kind of not move certain ways, and I, I, you see how I sweat. There's a scene when I'm – there's the one scene where I'm, like, picking at the, the, the kid in front of me's head, um, uh, if you look close, you will just see the makeup tripping off of me because we were in this little box. We were in a. They shot that in a. Uh, they rented a space in a olive, uh, olive oil, factory in Jer- in New Jersey, and it was just a big like warehouse. And they rented the space in the back, and they built this shed inside the warehouse. And then we had to be in the shed. It was like us all locked up. In uh, Camp, Camp Morningwood, it was, like, the place we were locked up all, together. And, then and like, we turned into a group meeting. But that thing was, like, 110 degrees. Everybody was sweating in there. But me and the other guy, Ari, that had makeup on, the green guy, the green goblin, uh, he's a good dude, too, really funny guy. Um, we were dripping, man. They, at one point, I think, painted him with, like, real paint to keep it on for a while, you know, both of us. They had, like, paint us with, like, more of real paint because it was just dripping off. But It was fun. I would do that. I, I can see where people get crazy. Like if you have to do heavy prosthetics and stuff, it could take like Dave. You have a, you, I have the opportunity to watch. I worked on Terrifier too, a little bit. And, uh, uh, watching Damien do the makeup, like Damien's the director and the makeup guy. So he'll start, and he's the only one that could really do Dave's makeup or art, the clown's makeup. Um, so he'll start Dave and then go and shoot a scene. And then come back and continue with Dave. So Dave's sitting around with like the cheeks on and all the white, but nothing else. And the poor guy, so he can breathe, he's got uh, Q-tips in his nose, so the makeup and the sweat and shit don't, so he can breathe, and he has to pull him out and put him in. So he's sitting around for hours and Q-tips up his nose, waiting. Like, I didn't have to go through all that shit. And then, like, Damien they finish another scene and come back and he'd do more makeup and uh, and then go do another scene and then come back and do more makeup. And, and then it would be time for Dave's scenes, you know, and, and he would just finish the makeup. But sometimes Dave, the process of Dave getting into full art to whatever scene, you know, the blood content, depending on it's an earlier scene or a later scene, how much blood's on Art the Clown, you know, all that take, you know, comes in he's got a few, you know, they got it all worked out. He got a few costumes and stuff, the really bloody ones, the not so bloody one. And uh, just to watch that, you know, sometimes four or five, uh, I mean, uh, eight, nine hours before he's like ready to rock and roll because he's shooting scenes in between. So it's wild. So I didn't ever have to go through that. A few hours. Three four, four. first time was like four hours.
0: And uh, you're involved with Terrifier 2. Uh, how much involvement did you have with that?
2: Uh, I'm sorry. You said I'm, I'm uh, involved with Terrifier 2. What did you say after
0: that? I, didn't... I was just saying, how much involvement did you have with the movie?
2: Um, Terrifier 2, not as much as I would have liked. Uh, I, I, I was on set. I helped them out with some stuff. I did some PA stuff for them, like just helping out with lighting and fog and Angles and stuff when I was on set and stuff, just helping out. My daughter was a, a makeup artist, an assistant to da- to Damien and them guys on on the, uh, set. She did a lot of the. Uh, she did. She worked on. It was cool. She did a lot of different makeup. She didn't do obviously art, but she did a lot of the uh, the glam makeup and the, the girls and stuff. And there was uh, there was a few other girls that were makeup artists too. But my my daughter was on there, which was pretty cool. And uh, I I. <laughs> Without giving too much up, there's a scene with this guy right next to me. If you see this guy sitting next to me right here, this is Bones. You, when, when, when Terrifier 2 comes out, you will see this guy. This guy is in uh, – there's a There's a uh, party scene where they go to a party, and I play several different people at the party. So I, I, uh, I got to see the finished cut. There's three or four of me so far that I know at the party because we were helping out. You know, I kept putting on different masks, different outfits. But they focused in on a few of my the characters that I went up there as I was at I was like seven or eight different people at the party. We'll see how many make the cut on the thing and stuff. But this guy, uh, he he's a central focal point. You'll see at the party they he's sitting at the party and uh, after I had everybody sign it, so he's signed by the the, the cast and the crew of Terrifier Two. You got like Damien and. The girls and, and, you know, Dave and, and then the Levy boys and everybody and, uh, you know, like three or four of the other actors that are in it all signed it and stuff. So it's, it's pretty cool. He's my Terrifier 2 uh, memorabilia that I own. Does he have a name? I call him Bonesy. Bonesy the clown. He's not really a clown because of art, you know. Bonesy? But, uh, but Bonesy, yeah, my, my, my buddy, I, I grew up with a kid, Greg Jones, growing up and his nickname was Bonesy. The bones, and uh, you know, because it was Jones' bones, and we all smoked weed. He was one of my big head friends growing up and stuff. So, yeah, it's like bonesy too. Because I come in, he sits here, he's been sitting here for a, a few months. So, like, I walk into the house, and I'm always like, Yo, bonesy, what's going on, brother? <laughs> you know, so <laughs> he doesn't. The day he talks back, I might leave. So far, I've been lucky. <laughs>
1: uh, Craig, when I uh spoke to you earlier, um, before this interview, you had said that, uh, you had said that without giving too much away, uh you had mentioned that Damien Leone had outdone the Saul scene in Terrifier, the one where Art saws the woman from uh Taint to Head. You said that she uh or I'm sorry, the Damien, rather that Damien outdid uh that scene about three or four times in Terrifier 2?
2: Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've seen most of the movie now, like it's it's pretty much done. I, I've seen uh, well, over an hour of it. Like when you hang out, like with friends, like so, when I, and, and he worked on the film that we're making stream right now. He's our special effects guy. So we would sit around and he'd like just hand me the phone and be like, here, watch this. And I sit there and I'm watching 20, 25 minutes of Terrifier 2 at a clip. And there might have been little things still not in it, you know, that the final finishing touches, but you didn't. I was like, what the fuck? He sat there one day watching me, like laughing. And then after he goes, oh, I should have recorded your response. He goes, because my mom had the same response. Because I was just like, oh, 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 my God. Oh, oh like, oh, like, I, I can't even tell you anything else that I was saying because you, you just have to see it. But it was just incredible. It was incredible. And he was laughing his ass off because my reaction was so intense. And he's like, every, you know, that was most people's reactions. Like, and and I, that's just one of, like I said, I've seen a lot of the movie. I didn't see all of it, but I've seen big big chunks of it throughout and holy shit yeah there's three or four scenes i think that are gonna outdo that scene it's definitely bigger better better crazier it looks fucking amazing i just it looks amazing so it's pretty cool it's really pretty
0: cool how long uh, were you on the set for how long was i i'm sorry how long was i what on the set of terrifier 2 for um i mean i i Shot on
2: there. I probably have a uh, a couple of weeks uh, in between. You know, a couple of days here, a couple of days there, a couple of days here. I hung out a few times. I went in there again. Like I said, I was like doing PA work and stuff for them. Anything like we're hanging out on set. Like, oh, you know, we need lights. Hey, you know, like Craig, grab that light. You know, so I'm a uh, you know, I'm a street light going by in the scene, or you know, something. You know, smoke uh, waving this, wafting, or just chilling out behind making jokes at everybody as they're filming. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh. I, I, I was on set for a couple of weeks in a few different locations. So it was pretty cool. And then we just actually, uh, with Fuzz and the Lens, we just finished principal production of a film we're making called Stream. And it's incredible. And Damien's our special effects guy. And David is in it. David's one of our killers. I can tell you about some of the people. I can't tell you too much about that project either because it's still going on there. And, and uh, Fuzz and the Lens now has a Patreon page. And they're doing an Indiegogo. So there's going to be big announcements that's coming soon. If you guys want to participate and, and donate the stream a little bit, um, when the uh, when the Indiegogo campaign, which is coming out in a, in a week or two, I think, is released, then I can indulge about some of the amazing people in our film and 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 we have really good people. I mean, I could talk about a few people that were announced uh, already. Um, uh, like Tim Reed is in the film. You know, he's in the original It. And obviously for the older people, he's WKR, he's WKRP in Cincinnati. He was Venus Flytrap. He was Hyde's dad. For you burnouts, he was Hyde's dad on that 70s show, you know. Uh, and he was on that show Sister, Sister for like 10 years on Disney, the dad and he, other projects. But he's, we have him. We have Terry Alexander from Day of the Dead. Uh, he's awesome. Uh, uh, we have uh, Daniel Harris. Uh, we, I think we announced Daniel Harrison. If we didn't, don't air this. Uh, I, you know, by the time this airs, I think the Patreon, uh, the the Indiegogo will be up, so I won't get in too much trouble. But there, if you, I, got, I know you guys are familiar. And hopefully, your, your your people are too. With Daniel Harris was Halloween four and five, and uh, Bruce Willis's daughter in in uh, the Last Boy Scout, and she was on Roseanne, and she was in the new Halloween movies, and just tons of stuff. She's she's in our films. She's she's a pretty big part. And we have, uh, I believe, I can announce. Yeah, yeah. No, I know you guys. You know, uh, Jeffrey Combs, Reanimator. Like, we have cool people, man, uh, in our film. And there's a few more that I can't announce that we have. Big, you know, cool people. But, but uh, they, they again, they have to wait for the Indiegogo thing to, to come out. But it's, it's it, like I said, by the time this airs, it may be out. But I don't want to get in trouble for, you know, talking too much. So, but it's an incredible movie. It's going to be amazing. You can look it up on IMDb. It'll give you the synopsis of the the storyline of of what it is and you'll see some of the other actors that are in it that were announced uh it's just uh it's it's it looks amazing i think it's going to be equal to the original saw as far as amazing acting the actors are badass i was so proud and impressed because i'm producing this with them so i was so proud of like the caliber of actors we got and uh you know for the money we had and everything and and uh just watching it unfold and then watch Damien, man. He like outdid himself with the special effects and the prosthetics and everything. I'm like, Oh my God, this is just, it just looks incredible. So like the first saw, we have amazing actors. We have the the quality of the film. It was all shot in red and everything. It's just, it's just amazing. It looks amazing. And, uh, the, the gore Damien Leone, man, is our special effects guy. The gore is going to be intense. It's going to be pretty friggin' intense. So, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. So,
0: now, uh, do you enjoy doing movies more, uh, doing your stand-up, or monster hunting, or I'm sorry, ghost hunting? Uh,
2: what What do you say? What do I like the most out of movies, comedy, and ghost hunting? Yes. Yeah, uh, I love I love them, I love them all. Movies will pay the most <laughs> if they, you know, like what? But here, here it's a whole. Uh, it's it's a it's it it all one works with the other so if i movies are great to make to be on set is just incredible it's so much fun you're hanging out and if you're not actually working on it you're just an actor you do nothing but when you have to go and then you sit around and eat you hang out and you bullshit you memorize your lines you do whatever you got to do if you're working on a set you're moving if you're a pa or something or you're doing something you're running around that's like bottom of the barrel you're doing all the running picking shit up going to get stuff you know gophering doing all that so that maybe isn't as pleasurable, but I, I do that as, for fun because I'm on set. Like, I'm there. Might as well help out. You know, I want to do things. So, but acting is great. I love, comedy my first love. So I'll never want to give up stand-up. Not for a while, anyway. Uh, I'm doing it 21 years. I'm i am not looking to give it up for at least another 20 years. I don't know. I, I just love doing it. it like I said, it's, a, it's the most incredible drug ever. So to, I don't think I can ever totally give up that euphoric feeling, you know, like much like heroin, I guess. Uh, but, uh, and then, but the ghost, like I said, we were trying to sell the show. Any one of these things will catapult the other. If I start getting a little bit of a name for myself with the films, uh, it'll catapult me with stand-up and I'll go out and I'll tour more of the country. Cause they'll know who I am. And, uh, you know, if I get the TV show with the, with the ghosts, uh, uh again, they'll, they'll know who I am. That's actually the most dangerous of the jobs it really is like it sounds silly if you're a skeptic you don't believe it but if you believe it you can bring shit home with you like i said i i so far everything that's come home with me i kind of i'm familiar with so it's not so bad but there'll be times i'm sure in in, in my fiasco is that i'm gonna bring something not so good home i hope not i always try to i wear things they you know they anoint us with like angel oil and we say prayers and stuff like i take it very seriously i carry you know various rocks and stuff and And wear jewelry and stuff to try to protect me a little bit, and uh, because we really do dive into, it's real. Like it's again, you have to experience it, but it's it's real. I have it. Go check out the RTG paranormal page. You'll see that mansion. You'll see uh, there's some videos with the orbs coming up. There's video growls. But I got I put some of the videos up with the the the. I talked to a marine named Vic uh, through the SP7 Spirit Box. Have a a minute and a half intelligent conversation, and I ask him. I get his name is Vic. That's why I know. And we're in a Marine dental, we're in a Naval and Marine hospital, abandoned Naval and Marine hospital, but um, which they also filmed uh, some, uh, the first terrifier out and stuff and all that. So I was, I was up there and uh, uh, I, it was, a, the, the, where we were was a dental clinic for the Marine Corps. So I, I was like, who's here? You can watch the video. And it goes, Vic, you're here clear as day. And I asked a few more questions. I go, Vic, were you a Marine? And he goes, ooh, ooh, he gives me a fucking oorah. I got a spirit giving me an Urah Like that's, uh, when did you ever see that on TV? Did You ever hear an oorah on TV? Like never. And then I tell him I, I was in, an, in the Navy. So I tell him, and I was amphibious assault, which means I was attached to the Marines. So I tell him I was in the Navy. I, I tell him that I was your chauffeur. For younger people, I was their uber. I, uh, you know, I, I picked you up and dropped you off. And he says, thank you. Fucking badass. You can watch it all. Go to my Instagram page. That, that, my Instagram page is Craig Leugren or Comedian Craig L. And then that RTG roast the ghost is, is paranormal. Is that page? Go check it out, man. Follow us. I'll be putting more content and, and stuff up on. It. I gotta edit it. That's one of my I I falter. and I have a ton of shit. I have to actually edit it and put the words where they belong and all and That's to me is you know
0: not so easy. Uh, well, What is the craziest experience you've had, uh, Ghost hunting? Oh, well, before I say, I just want to say that Drew looks. like...
2: Drew looks like a, the 70-year-old guy in my fucking, in the audience that needs to take a nap, as I'm telling a joke. <laughs> you're like, you're ready for bobbing for apples, my friend. What, what did you guys smoke? What
0: were you smoking before? What was your brand tonight? Uh, whatever the guy gave me. I don't ever ask. What would you say? What was it? I don't, I don't ever ask. I just get handed a bag. Uh, uh, oh, that's it? You don't want to know the names? Please don't give me
2: a name. Well, whatever it was, it was good. He looks like he enjoyed himself. But yeah, so you asked, what was the worst experience I had? I got, uh, I was trying to show my buddy, um, that again, this mansion, when I first started working at the mansion, I was trying to show my buddy on FaceTime the mansion, because we grew up in the town where it's at, and he's like, yo, I've never been closer than the front porch, like we used to dare each other to go up to the front porch and stuff, How, who can get closer to the mansion, because it was always a spooky place, it was built in 1885, you know, it's a. it's right around in the neighborhood where I grew up, so. Um, it's it's just been here a lot longer than we have. So he's like, ah, bring me around. So I went into the house trying to show him around. And uh, I started getting some heavy weight on my chest and I couldn't, I was having some issues breathing. It was getting restricted. And then I went up to the second floor and I'm like, yo, dude, I usually give you the whole speech of who was here and what happened and who died. And, you know, because I know a, a lot of the history. So I give you a whole little history lesson as we go room to room. And, I couldn't do it. Like the, I was like, man, that weight's getting so heavy. So then we go up to the third floor. I got up to the third floor. It got so heavy. I felt like I was under hundred and fifty foot of water. I could barely breathe. I was like, <gasps> I was like, dude, I gotta go. I gotta go. And then I apologized. To the spirits were like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll leave you alone. Uh, I, I'm sorry. And I went outside. We were actually building. It was the first year we did the haunt. I was outside building. Uh, I was making a a, a, a a well for the ring. We had a whole ring scene, which was really awesome. But I was building the well because there was a lot of bricks on the property and there was an old well that was there that they cut off at the ground. So I was just placing the bricks around it and I put light and smoke machines in it and shit to make it look awesome. And, uh, and then we built a TV set and had the picture of the girl from the ring all sliced and the actual act and strobe lights and the actress would kind of crawl through the fucking TV screen and come out through the strobe lights and attack the hayride. It was fucking awesome. Uh, it was a really good, the people, it fucked people up. But, uh, as I was building that, I couldn't breathe. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I went outside. My anxiety, I went outside back to that where I was building it. My anxiety was so bad. I didn't know if I should go home. I didn't know if I could sit, stand, do whatever. I just kind of wrote it out, but I was having a hard time breathing. It took about a half hour to calm down. And then my old man came up to the house and he's like, oh, show me around, boy. Like he, the first time he came, I was like, oh, dad, I just had a bad experience. And my father's a skeptic. And I was like, ah, oh, bullshit. Come on, let's go see the house. So we went in the house. We went all the way up to third floor. Nothing. Everything was fine. But uh, but an hour earlier, because it took me about a half hour to calm down, uh, an hour earlier, they got so heavy. I never felt nothing like it in my life. And that was the first time I was really like, wow, they, they can really touch you. like They can really, you know, they, they wanted me out. And, and that's it's, uh, it's a big MO in there. A lot of people have experienced that same feeling with the, the tightness of the chest to the point of not being able to breathe. My daughter helped me with everything. She's makeup. So she's my makeup girl for the haunts. She's makeup for the movies. Um, she was sitting on the back. Uh, uh, that, well, they killed somebody. There was a mob hit in 2005 on the property. They killed the guy and they drowned him. And then they cut him up into pieces and burned him in the, in the old 100-year-old furnace in the basement because they knew it was coming out. And uh, and then they found him because they left the furnace there. They moved it to the side. It was like 2,000 pounds. Someone uh, told on the guy like two years later, they went down there. They found his jawbone and teeth. So they caught everybody that did the killing and stuff. But uh, he was drowned the way he, they killed him. They stabbed him and they went out. There's a wishing well outside and they held him. He fell by the wishing well and they held him underwater until they drowned. And then they cut him into pieces and horrible, horrible murder. Uh, my daughter was on the back porch and she went to lean back. And when she went to lean back, her voice she even heard it in her voice. She was talking and it sounded like she had water. She was like, and she, Sat up quick, choking. (laughs) I was like, and I call her Peanut. Her name's Brianna. I'm like, Peanut, what's the matter? She goes, oh, oh my God. I I felt like I was just drowning. Like, I had water in my throat. And I was like, oh, my God. You you know, you sounded, like, she sounded gargly, like she had water. It was it was crazy, crazy things. So that's just a couple of wild things. But I know a lot of people who had issues. They came home to to my house. I had to, uh, like, talk to them and then ask them to leave. I've I've opened the front door and said, please, because the shadows, I just can't turn, keep turn my head, and I see it, and I see it, and sometimes it doesn't bother me, and it's sometimes, like, if I'm by myself, it bothers me. So, not that it bothers me, but it gets a little nerve-wracking, you know? So I I, I have to sternly threaten him with sage. I, I'm big on that. Like, I have sage that I've yet to let light. I'm like, you don't want me to light this, because then you won't be able to come back for a while, you know? If I walk around and stop praying, you, you'll be kicked out. So why don't you just go back now? And I open the front door, and a lot of times it just, I feel the air lighten up, man. It's crazy. But again, if you don't, if you don't mess with the stuff, you don't believe. So anybody who's watching is like, bullshit, you know, hey, no problem, you're, you're allowed your opinion. This is still America. Well,
1: um, I definitely believe. Um, I have a story of uh, that some crazy shit that happened when I was living at my parents' house when I was younger. And uh, I used to see shit in that house all the time. Like, uh, my sister swore that my mom was in the bathroom humming with the light on at like 3 in the morning and like after nearly pissing herself from waiting she gets mad and like opens the door and nobody's in there all sorts of weird stuff happening but the thing that like really profoundly happened to me the thing that i can't explain uh... you can say you believe in ghosts or you don't i don't care i do not know how to explain this other than there was something going on like i just felt chills when this happened uh... i had an alarm clock that was an old alarm clock that was my father gave it to me and the button on it to turn it on and off, like the alarm, the radio, I'm sorry, it's from AM to FM, it was like jammed. And I would have to use a butter knife to like push the button over. Well, me and my sister are playing PlayStation in my bedroom, you know, like I was way younger and the radio was way across the room from us. And, and uh, you know, we're playing PlayStation and out of nowhere, like I heard a click, like you heard the And like we both like goosebumps immediately because we knew what the noise was and we turned our heads and looked. And damn, if the radio didn't start playing. Nobody was near it. And how the hell did the button get turned? You can say what you want about believing ghosts or not, but, like, that is why I will always be skeptic on whether or not they do exist. I'm not going to say they don't, but I can't explain that. So I'm not going to say that they, you know, I'm not going to say that they don't exist, but I'm not going to say that they do. I'm definitely open to, you know, I'm open to whatever. I would love to do a ghost hunt. I'm sure John would, too. We would love to, you know, tour with you and do something, you know. And John's not a believer at all, so maybe you can make a believer out of him.
2: Why don't you guys find the place down there and we'll come to you. We'll come down there. So we can spread our wings too. Get out. Go do another place. Find somewhere local down there and we'll do some research on it.
1: I mean, that sounds we'll amazing. See it. We'll, we'll call the places. Let's
2: do it. See, you find them. Do you have a place down there that everybody talks about that's super haunted? Abandoned locations or uh, we can either go into an abandoned place or if it's a, if it's some other, I'm sorry? Yep, Fort, Fort Delaware. Fort Delaware? Oh yeah, Revolutionary War? It was a uh, civil war prison, oh civil war, oh yeah, civil war prison, absolutely, do you know how haunted that would be i think uh, I think like ghost adventures went there one time, didn't they i th- I think they might yeah, have. yeah, I think I remember saying that, not you're saying it, but uh
0: yeah, no, so if, if if uh is that a national park uh it's not it's not a national park, but I think you would have to get permission because it's like a state park.
2: Right. So we'll have to see. And if we can't do that, we'll find another place right around there. Because if that was, you know, the whole civil war things, there's gotta be other locations where that stuff like that happened. that's, we do get, I went down to Gettysburg a couple of times. I went ghost hunting, uh, on, on set where we filmed stream with Danielle Harris. She went live on Instagram one night. It was awesome. We went out ghost hunting and we got, uh, we talked to, uh, some spirits that night. We got names, Rob and Neil and, uh, hey, there's Neil again. <laughs> but we got uh, like Rob and Neil's like a little inside joke. We had some lady would call me Neil before she thought my name was Neil, but uh, uh, but yeah, we got we, uh, the one guy was a union soldier, like we got a whole bunch of information. He was a union soldier, did, died during the war, didn't know the war was over. Uh, you know, I told him you won, like we won, you know, you didn't die in vain and stuff. Like, you know, I don't know if it worked, but but we got a whole bunch of information down there. It was pretty fun, we had a good time. Uh, so civil war stuff is super active. I mean, everything's super active. There's there's billions and billions of people that are on this planet right now. Almost eight billion people. That many probably already have died. I mean, where are they all going? If you believe in heaven or hell, I don't think the place is that big. Uh, you know, hey, if you watch Thorne of the Dead*, you know when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. right? <laughs> That's Mokumba, right? Sorry. You know about voodoo. But, yeah, so, but that's, you know, that's, who knows? But, yeah, if you guys want to set something up, we'll do it, man. That sounds amazing.
0: And uh, what, what are the best places for uh, people to find you on social media? And uh, what events do you have coming up? Uh, I, I have my website,
2: craigloigren.com. Hopefully, at some point, the name will be somewhere right down here. You'll put, like, Craig Loigren up there or whatever. It's craigloigren.com. It's, uh. uh I don't really do Twitter anymore. I I do. I love Instagram. I, I'm comedian Craig L. All my name. You put my name in Craig Loygren Facebook. Uh, I have a group page and and a fan page, and then I have uh, Instagram, comedian Craig L. and uh, the, the Roaster Ghost RTG Paranormal page. Uh, so you can find me on all that stuff. And and again, if you want to go and find out information on me, you go to my website. Uh, I I do have dates. They have to go up. We we weren't putting many dates up on the website because of the corona, but Things are lifting, things are going. I do have August. I'm upstate New York. I'm in Florida, New York, August 6th. Um, the middle. Of the, it's not announced yet, but we are in the process right now of putting together. So by the time this airs, it will be announced. Uh, a, a pretty cool comedy event on Staten Island at the mansion. Where we're going to have a couple of big name guests. And we're going to set up for 1, 1,200 uh, seats. We're going to do a festival, like a one-day festival. It's not uh, officially named yet, so I can't give the official name. Uh, and I can't announce, I'm talking to some comics now, some bigger names to their managers and stuff. So we can't announce everything yet, but by the time this airs, you go to my website, all the information should be up there. It's going to be an awesome event at the haunted house at the Chrysler mansion. Uh, huge, big, uh, five hour event, comedy event with some pretty stellar, uh, folks on, on board. So look for that. And then if people listen in Florida, I'm going to be down in Florida in September. So, it'll be on everything will be on my website. Go to CraigLeugard.com. You can find all. Well, YouTube.
1: Uh, the last question is uh, Who are your comedy idols, past or present?
2: Ah, uh, dude, uh, comedy idols. Uh, I always give this five. I, I, want to, I want to be a comic since I'm eight years old. If you watch my, my special, Married and Miserable, it's on Amazon. Cheap plug, Amazon Prime. Check it out, Married and Miserable. Uh, the, the opening scene I do in that is like a little precursor of me. I wanted to be a comic since I was eight years old. So the opening scene before the comedy is the eight year old me telling the class he wants to be a comic when he grows up. And that's the truth. I wanted to be a comic since I was eight years old. I I seen Robin Williams on happy days. It was even before Mork and Mindy, but he was playing the Mork character. And like, I fell in love. I became obsessed. And then like a year later, not even, he had his own show, Mork and Mindy. So here I am, this little, like, nine-year-old kid now running around doing, like, "Shazbat, about fly, be free, no, 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 no. You know, I was doing all this, like, Robin Williams, Mark and Mindy shit, man, and I was just loving them. And that was my first introduction to comedy in the comedy world. But my, my guys, the order I give, they all are equal to me for different reasons, is the order I, they were introduced to me in my life. And it's Robin Williams, Howie Mandel, a young Howie Mandel, he was insane, um, Eddie Murphy, Sam Kinison, and Bob Nelson. Those five guys make, you could see, you could see a little bit of everybody when I'm on stage come out, but you see a lot of Kinison, a lot of Robin Williams. Like those are the heavier influences, but sometimes I'll make say, faces a little noises and gestures. And it's just, I just know, like in my head, I even hear it sometimes. I'm like, ah, oh. that was like a little Murphy, you know, like, you know that was a little Bob Nelson, you know, and I'll reference it. If I hear it, I'll even say it like to the crowd and stuff. It's cool. Cause it, it comes out, you know?
0: Well, uh, we definitely appreciate having you on the show today. And uh, we definitely look forward to hopefully doing some ghost hunting with you in the future.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm definitely looking forward to the next time we do this, that we have no technical issues and we can hear you and I can see you. And I don't have to keep watching Drew close his eyes. And then he freezes like that. So I don't know if he's actually watching you or if he's sleeping. He's frozen. (laughs) (laughs) What did you call me? Noah? Don't, don't use terrible words like that around me, buddy. No, I'm just kidding. I, I thank you guys. Thank you for having me on. It was awesome. I had a, I had a good time with you. We got we got over our humps, and uh, you just have a lot of work to do in the old editing process. But that's all right. <laughs> and and we'll get together. Look 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 forward for Terrified Two It's, it's going to be amazing when they do that. That just to let you know, Terrified Two is going to be almost two hours long. It's going to be like one of the longest horror movies ever, and worth every minute. Remember that when you see it. Terrified Two is going to be incredible. Look for our upcoming film, Stream, like streaming the internet. I know when I say that, sometimes people are like, what did you just say? Scream? No, what it takes, Stream. Uh, you can check it out on IMDb, see, see who we announced so far. We, not, not everybody's on there that we announced. Um, and look forward to that, man, at the end of this year, the early next year. I'm, I'm hoping we can go to theaters with that. It's, it's an incredible movie. And then watch me if you guys want to go and watch me on uh, Amazon Prime, Married and Miserable. On Amazon is my uh one out my special, my stand-up special. Go check that out. If you don't like it, if you like it, give me a fucking five-star rating. If you don't like it, don't give me a rating. <laughs> you know, just go turn But don't turn it off. Like I get paid like six cents a view. So leave it on. You go do the dishes. Go make a sandwich, leave it on for the dog, leave it on for the cat. Just leave it on. It's six lousy cents. You know, so uh but yeah, no, it's uh it's pretty cool. Go check that out. I know you guys, I got I think I got 12 cents from you guys.
0: <laughs> Definitely. It was it was great. <laughs>
2: No, I I appreciate it, man. I love what I do. And I, I, I hope that your people love what I do, too, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Anytime, anytime. Call me, Drew. I feel like, call me, call me. No, but call me, call me. And, and uh, we'll go ghost hunter, brother. We'll talk about it again soon.
1: Absolutely, man. We'll be in touch, Craig. Thank you. All right.
0: Later, later fellas. Peace. See ya. Later. Thanks to all the horror hounds and smokers out there. Craig's just such a fun guy to talk to, and I cannot wait to go roast a ghost this fall. Just like Fuzz on the Lens and David Howard Thornton, he has a super fucking stoked for Terrifier 2. Tune in next week when we speak with Special Officer Doofy, David Sheridan. We'll talk Scary Movie and Victor Crowley. We'd like to give a special shout out to Josh Hensley. Uh, We had a lot of technical difficulties on this interview, and he was able to salvage it for us. And now about wrap her up this week. Make sure to follow us online on Instagram and Facebook at High on Horror 420 and on Twitter at high underscore horror. You can also email us at highonhorror420 at gmail.com. Catch you later.
1: Bye, guys.